welcome to Spicing Up the Classroom. Uh, my name's Kim Kelly, this is Hillary Omert, and we are in Merrick Hall, room 204. So if this is not where you thought you were, and you're supposed to be somewhere else, now's your moment. Um, but not right, the like you're going to stand up and like <laughs> run off the door real fast. Um, just hope you've had an awesome day. I know this is the last session, so... Well, there's the closing session, but the last like classroom session, we hope that everything for you guys have been awesome all day. You've been able to gain a lot of information and go back to your churches and be like ready to go. So we don't have to share a whole lot of the other information with you based on the time of day we're in. So just remember there's the closing session after this one, and then you guys will be heading home. Um, we hope you've made a lot of connections that you can take home with you and relationships that you've met people that are on the same page and ministry and all that stuff and super exciting. So um, we just wanted real quick to say that um, we're going to take a moment to ask questions to see if there's anything that you are really hoping to gain. Like you already have a question right now and you're like, I really hope they answer this question and what they're saying. Um, we want to write those down real quick. But if there's a question that you have uh, that just pops in your mind as we are speaking or sharing about different things. Um, we have post-it notes in front of you. You can just write down your question there. Um, and then, then we'll answer those at the end. So does anyone have a question right now that you're like, I really want this question answered. I already have one in my head. Coming in with expectations, right? Right. Or you just no, want to wait. Good. See what's talked about, and then you might have one, right? All right. That's it's the norm, right? <laughs> um, I want to just real quickly introduce myself. Uh, like I said, my name is Kim. Um, my husband and I are the associate pastors at Radiant Life Church in Wadsworth. Um, we were, yes, the front row is from there too. Right? So we are came to Ohio back in 2006. We were youth pastors for six years in a town called Louisville. Um, and then God told us it was our time to go from there. And he didn't tell us where. He just said go. So we said, okay. And resigned from our church. Didn't really know what God had up his sleeve, but he never disappoints. And um, so we, a few weeks later, got a phone call. And my husband was asked to come um, down to the district office in Columbus, and it's not called the district office anymore. It's called the network office, but I can't still wrap my head around that. Um, so we went to the network office, and he worked in the youth department as the events coordinator. I was the administrative assistant in the youth department. Um, we were there for three years helping run camp and fine arts and reach conference and all that fun, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, also during our time as youth pastors and um, being at the network office, um, I was joined on a team for Teen Girl Conference. So if you're here for girls' ministry stuff, that is a fantastic event that um, you should definitely get involved with if you're not bringing your girls there. Um, really, really good stuff. And then I also have run um, PK Retreat for several years. So if any of you are pastors or you've got pastor's kids in your ministry that just like to have some crazy amounts of fun. We have a lot of fun there. <laughs> um, so did that for a while. I also was the kids pastor for a year at our church in Louisville before we left. Um, would have enjoyed having more time with that, I think. But when God says go, you go. So um, now we are at Radiant Life in Wadsworth. We've been there for 
oh, like seven or eight months, I think. Um, absolutely love it. It's a perfect fit for us. Um, we have, my husband and I, his name's Matt. We have a little girl named Annalise. She's seven. And we have a little boy who will be one on March 31st. And then we just found out before Christmas we're having another one um, due at the end of July. So just throwing them all in there and now we're done. So <laughs> no more. We are officially closing that door. So, um, But lots of fun and um, craziness. But ministry is our passion in life and we love it so, so very much. So um, this is Hillary, and she's going to take it from here for a little bit. Like she said, I'm Hillary. Um, we are also at Radiant Life Church in Wadsworth. Love it there. Um, my husband is the youth pastor there, so we are deeply involved in youth. Um, I am also a part of Teen Girl Ministries as well um, in the state of Ohio. Absolutely love it. Um, sidebar, those events for you girls ministry leaders or even any network events. Utilize those. We're talking about spicing up the classroom, but those are events that you don't have to plan, and that's amazing. Um, <laughs> so work on those fundraisers, whatever you got to do to get them there, but they're wonderful events that, you know, just throwing that out there. Anyways, um, <laughs> I recently graduated from college with my bachelor's, praise Jesus, um, longest six years of my life. I've had kids, got married, and moved 200 miles in between all of that. So it took me six years, not four. Uh, I'm going to start my master's program here in March. Um, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. I think I'm a little crazy for that. Um, but my husband's name is Steve. I have two boys. My youngest is five months old. His name is Landon. And my oldest is 19 months old. His name is Jackson. So yes, they're 13 months apart, and that is my life right now. It consumes me. I love it. Um, what else? I think that's it. That's a lot. Okay, moving on. So you've got these sticky notes. Please utilize them. I love being interactive. That's just fun. And we're here to learn and grow from each other anyways. So if you have ideas um, that have worked for you in the past, I want to hear about them. Um, if you have any silly questions for us, feel free. Personal, not personal, whatever. Um, everything's on the table. Almost everything. I'll add that. <laughs> she's honored. She's going, yeah. All right. So the point of this is to teach, give you guys some practical ways of spicing up your classroom, right? So in the world of technology where everybody's worried about the latest and greatest, the biggest, the best. Sometimes we tend to lose focus on, you know, what the point is in your classroom in ministry. We get so caught up in making sure everything looks great and that it's, you know, the most awesome, I don't know, stage design, whatever, um, that we kind of lose focus that the point of all of this is reaching your young ladies for Jesus Christ. Like, we need... At the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what we're doing, right? So, my husband always says, they'll never care how much you know until they know how much you care. I'm sure you've all heard that, right? Over and over again. But it's the truth. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Like, we're not trying to teach you anything new. But, you know, it's definitely an amazing thing. So what does that mean? We need to invest in these ladies' lives. Um, have fun with them. Spend time with them. Um, get to know them. Be crazy. Be intentional. Um, just be there and be you. Be who you are. 
so we can, sorry, the tone no, scared right? me. <laughs> <laughs> They're picking up the, the signs, signs and poles out there. <laughs> we're good, we're good. Anyways, be who you are, and these girls will just love you. They, they can tell. I mean, you know, kids can really tell when you're not being real or you're upset, whatever. They can tell. So be real. Have a genuine, you know, interest in them and their lives, and walls will become falling down, I'm telling you. Um, this all sounds pretty simple, um, but, well, yeah, it's pretty simple. <laughs> but we're going to give you some practical ways to make all this happen, okay? To make your ministry fun, creative, and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I, coming from the world of girls' ministry, sometimes we put a ministry in a box. It needs to look exactly like this with the pins and the awards and, you know, we need to do worship and then a game and then, you know, in youth ministry and then the message and then, you know what I mean? Sometimes we put it in a box, which, I mean, it may work for some of us. It may work for your ministry, um, but we do have a lot of ministries out there that it doesn't work for. So it's very important to figure out what works for you and for your girls to utilize the resources that you have the leaders that you have, and focusing on each leader's strength. Even if that means, I know, altering the curriculum. Like, I know that's scary, right? Girls' ministry, you hear me. Um, Altering the curriculum, that's okay. You know, we need to reach these girls, and we need to make sure that we're meeting them where they're at in life, in their relationship with Jesus Christ, everything. So we put together a few lessons. Super simple. we got to talk fast. Um, so we're going to go through them really quick. Um, this one kind of targets your younger girls. Um, so say we're learning about building the tabernacle. In Exodus, when Moses is building the tabernacle, the Bible says people brought gifts from everywhere. So something very inexpensive, maybe 100% free, depending on what you have at home, um, utilizing your resources, so your church, what you have at home, what other leaders have, what girls could possibly hear, bring in. Um, we're going to build the most epic fort you've ever built in your life. We're not really going to build it. Like I wish I would have brought stuff because that would have been fun. But <laughs> build the most epic fort you can think of. Um, who doesn't like forts? Just saying. When you're little, did you ever build a fort? <coughs> and you'd get in there and pretend. I don't know. <laughs> Kids don't really do that much anymore, unfortunately. It's like iPads and stuff like that. But I played house and I played school when I was little. So we're going to pretend in this tabernacle that you're building out of sheets and blankets, um, maybe bring costume jewelry, chairs, just to have fun and create the most epic forever. Um, In this sport, it kind of just changes the dynamic of the room. They're up. They're using teamwork to make this work happen. Um, They're then sitting together in the fort with you, and you're going to talk about this Bible story and how it all happened, and it just changes the dynamic of the room, and again, with teamwork, they're breaking down walls, they're getting to know each other, that's huge. So that's one way for a younger crowd, um, I, I think that the younger girls or in your ministry, children's ministries, they would enjoy that. Um, for an older age, I don't know, I'm in the world of youth, so we play a lot of games, Um, I love games. I'm a little competitive. Um, So (laughs) 
Today we are going to play fruit salad. Has anybody ever played fruit salad? Yes? Okay, so you're in rolly chairs, and I decided that when we found out you're in rolly chairs, that wouldn't really work. Um, I'm ultra competitive, so I think I don't want to send anybody to the hospital. Like, that would be awful. Um, <laughs> so we're going to play four corners instead. Same concept. So if you're thinking about the um, fruits of the spirit, okay, so we just put four up here, joy, patience, love, peace. Um, we're going to do like the fruit salad, but four corners version. So again, interactive, and I know you're all really sleepy because it's late in the afternoon, but let's get up and go pick a board to stand by. We're only going to play a few rounds so you get the gist of it, but it'll wake you up at least. Oh, I should probably close my eyes now. Yes. You good? Yeah. Okay. All right. Y'all buy a board? No. Oh, I'm sorry. So, she can't. She can't know where you're at, so she can't play favorites. All right. So the point of this is Kim is going to call a fruit of the spirit, and if you're at that fruit of the spirit, you're out. Okay. And when I say move, that means you go to a different board, or, I mean, you can stay where you want, but go to a different board. Anyways, all right, Kim, what fruit are we going to eliminate today? Joy. Joy! <laughs> you made some people mad. All right, move. Go to a different board. I know, it's kind of an awkward space, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me tell you, at Teen Girl Conference, if any of you were there, they played Four Corners. And if you've been to Radiant Live Dublin, it's a huge space. So leaders and girls, leaders, were sprinting across the entire sanctuary to get to their corner. It was phenomenal. Was awesome. Girls were sweating. Let's just put it that way. All right, Kim, what's the next one? Peace. 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 Right. Thanks, Kim. All right, oh, go ahead, move. to move. 
check out within 10 minutes. I mean, I can see on some of your faces, not that you're checked out, but you're tired. And it's only been, what, 10? Yeah, all right, so we're up and moving. It's great. When they're up and moving, they're laughing, they're getting to know each other, they're enjoying each other's company. That's just the point of all of that, and it helps them refocus, yet still teaching them a lesson. All right, at the end of the day, if these girls feel like they're loved, that you are truly, truly genuine when you are talking about them, you care about them. I can't tell you how many times I've had girls who maybe didn't grow up in church, but they were like, I really thought you were fake. I'm like, no, I just really care that much. Like, I really care about who you are and who you are in Christ and everything about you. Like, I genuinely care. And if these girls know that, they're going to be invested in your ministry. They're going to grow in their relationship with Christ insanely. Like, it's insane. So, <laughs> I just get really excited, sorry. Um, so, I mean, they'll buy into the ministry or the leader. They'll get plugged in. They'll take ownerships of themselves, the ministries that they're involved in, and the relationship with Christ. And at the end of the day, I mean, I say that a lot, but... These ladies, these children in your ministries are the foundation of what our church is going to be. So future moms, future leaders, future pastors, what have you, they're the future of our church, and we're investing in them now. So that's my encouragement. That's my word. That's where I'm at. So. <laughs> so All right. <laughs> um, so I know in a lot of our churches, those who are working in kids' ministry are also doing girls' ministry and are also doing, right, like you just kind of – have lots of the same people in a lot of different areas because people who love kids, you want to utilize that and use them and you don't necessarily want to use the ones who don't love kids and don't <laughs> want to be there, right? But we've all seen those, like, maybe this is not the ministry for you. So, um, but with that, we kind of wanted to take a spin also of not just making it about girls' ministry, um, but also just kids' ministry in general. Um, that's more my world, I guess, that I've been involved with throughout the years. Um, and so I'm going to do a quick little parable of the unmerciful servant, but in more of a fun way. I think a lot of times we just try to get through the lesson because you've got a lot of other things to do and accomplish during that day, but we have to remember that we want these kids to walk away knowing the Word of God. And it's not just about this or that, or making sure that this is accomplished or that's done, but it's knowing God's word because that's what's going to get them through life. Um, so just doing those in fun ways. So I'm going to do this, um, and I need five volunteers to help me. Whoa. This is way better than the first one. One, two, three, four, and one more. I need one more. All right. There we go. So you guys are just going to stand over here. I'm going to... They said that you can really hear it, like, rustling around. So, Okay, so with this, how many of you at your church have, like, that closet that has a crazy amount of, like, costumes from Easter plays? Or, I mean, I would say most churches have a large area of, and sometimes you can't even find what you're looking for, but you know it's there, and it's in a box or a bin or something, and you open stuff and things start flying. I mean, it's crazy, okay? So... This is where you can get some of that stuff out. So um, we're going to tell the parable of the unmerciful servant. So I need a king. Who would like to be the king? The king's really fun, just saying. She was the king in our last one. I didn't last All right, Pastor Ruthie, come on up. 
come over here. She's going to be our king. Okay, so now I'm just going to go down the line in order. Okay, so okay. next is servant one. And then we need servant two. And then the prison guard and servant three. Okay, so as I read this, when you hear who you are, you have to act out that part. Okay, and I'm not saying like, I'm talking like dramatic, okay? Make this really fun for everybody that's watching. <laughs> okay, so we're going to act this out, but this is where you can go into those closets. We are currently in a warehouse where there's no closets to be had, so um, we're building our church, but you can go in there and get like a cape for the king. It could just be a robe. It could Classic be a sheet. Crowns. It could be... A crown from Burger King that's free when you ask yeah, for it at the yeah, counter. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you can find, right? And then for your servants, you could come up with different stuff. For the prison guard, just give him like a big cane or something. I mean, just be creative. It doesn't necessarily have to make sense. It just has to be fun. All right? Okay, are you guys ready for this? There once was a king who wanted his debts to be repaid. A servant who owed him 10,000 bags of gold humbly approached him. That's you. Humbly approached him to beg for mercy because he couldn't repay his debt. Where is my gold, the king says. I cannot pay my debt, says the servant. Then I order that you and your entire family be sold as slaves to repay me. Servant one. <laughs> servant one says, please be patient and have mercy on me. I will pay back everything I owe. The king rubbing his chin. Very well. I will have pity on you and cancel your debt. You may go. But don't really go. The servant left with excitement because his debt had been canceled. As the servant left the king's present, he met another servant who owed him money, and suddenly he became very angry. You owe me 100 silver coins. Give them to me now. Servant two says, please be patient and have mercy on me. I will pay back everything I owe. Servant one, pointing at the prison guard, I will not have mercy on you. Throw this man into prison until he repays his debt. So you can throw him into your prison. <laughs> Servant number three says, this isn't right. I'm going to tell the king. The other servants were angry when their friend was thrown into jail because this first servant was given mercy by the king but wouldn't give mercy to someone else. Servant three says, you gave the servant mercy and canceled his debt, but now he has thrown someone into prison for the debt they owe him. The king says, is this true? Servant one, yes, it is true. The king, you wicked servant. <laughs> You begged me for mercy and I canceled your debt. But now you have put someone else in prison for the very same reason. Why didn't you have mercy on him like I did you? Prison guard, please take him away. <laughs> so the servant was led away to be tortured because he had received so much mercy but would not give mercy to someone else. The Bible says in Matthew 18 that God will also judge us if we will not give mercy to others because he has done so much for us. We should be quick to forgive and give mercy. Thank you. Give them a round of applause. Okay, so with that, I could have simply 
just read the story. I could have even read it with a lot of drama and made it fun, but how much more fun for students to be able to get involved. And I can remember from when I was a teenager, I had a youth pastor that every once in a while he would do this. I'm guessing now as I'm an adult and have been in ministry that it's when kids were being rambunctious and not paying attention because all of a sudden, oh, what's going on? They want to watch and see or they're part of it or whatever. And so kind of helps rein everything in. So if you want to save it for those moments, I think that's probably what he was doing. But I can still remember that. And I'm not, I'm not old, but I'm not real super young anymore either. So I mean, it was like 20 years ago and I can still picture it in my head, it happening. Um, so sometimes... Although it may be easier to just read the story and you're, like I said, sometimes you're just trying to check stuff off your list and you got to hurry and you know that service is about to let out. But you, I promise you as a mom, I would rather have to stand for five extra minutes and wait for my kid to get out of kids' church when I know that she is learning God's word in such a creative and fun way. And so other options of that, depending on who you have in your classes, you know, if it's a, a small class, I know that's a little bit harder, but if you're in, you know, a larger kids ministry, you know, you can read it as I did and have them act it out. If you have older kids, you could have papers for each of them and they could actually read the lines themselves as they're acting it out. But if you've got younger kids, my daughter would be like, what does that say? Like she would have no idea. So you just have to create it for who you have in your group um, and just let them have fun. And I know sometimes it's hard um, I remember when I was doing the kids' ministry, it was like sometimes you're pulling teeth to get them to come up because they're, they might be a little shy or, oh, I don't want to do that. But you can see the kids that if you just push them a little bit, it can completely get them out of their comfort zone and break their shell open. And from that moment, it's like they're sold. They're good to go, you know. So sometimes getting them out of their comfort zone is a wonderful thing. Um, you could also, if you've got a group of kids that some of them love, the dramatic stuff like that, give them the papers a couple weeks early. Tell them to memorize those lines. It wasn't long. It's not like it's a, you know, 15-minute skit and it's going to take them forever. Just give them the parts that they can handle and have them learn it and come back and do it for their peers in a few weeks. That can really speak volumes to a kid that you would trust them that much to give them that kind of responsibility. So those are just some options. Um, but another thing I wanted to just say was have fun. Like you've heard Hillary said it, you're hearing me say it. What do kids love? They love to have fun, right? I mean, that's like their goal in life. And sometimes it seems like if they're not having fun, they're going, I'm bored because they're not having fun in that moment. And not that every single part of your lesson has to be crazy over the top and fun, but when you can bring something like this to it, they're more willing to listen for a while afterwards because they've been able to enjoy themselves some. But it's also because they need to see you have fun as their leader, as their teacher. They need to see you enjoying what you're doing because that helps them realize that you are passionate not only about what you're doing but about them and about God. And it also helps them to see that learning about God's word is a fun thing. And sure, there's, like I said, there's moments that are serious, but learning about God and being at church and being in this world is fun. And they need to see that it's fun. It's not just about do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. It's enjoyable to be a Christ follower. And so just helping them to see that. Um, having a part of the lesson be interactive 
helps kids to engage in what's being taught. Okay, we all know the kids come in, they're tired, they're going through stuff, their family situations, whatever it may be. This kind of stuff helps them step away from all of that and just enjoy themselves. Um, we have a very hyper environment in this world that we live in now. And just the sense of on a constant basis, kids are being bombarded with entertainment, really. They have iPads and iPhones and computers and TV at their fingertips all the time. It's constant. And so it can be difficult to keep their attention when they're so used to the just constant moving. So when you can make things interactive, it helps their thought processes to stick better. It helps them to think through the process better. It creates moments where they will be able to hold on to this for so much longer than if they were just listening because they don't have to do that so much anymore. It's not something they're used to. They're used to being shown and we have to be able to change what we're doing in order to reach this generation. I can say all I want that the good old days were better and in my head they were where kids played outside and they didn't have all this technology, but it's the world we, we can't do anything about it. We can't change what these kids have, but we have to change what we do to reach them and show them how much we care and how much we love them and how much we're willing to take it a step further in order to teach them God's word. Um, that was one thing that my husband and I always said. It was always our goal, wherever we are, is just to teach God's word and to build relationships because those two things together are the best foundation anybody can ever have, especially kids. Um, and so when things are interactive, I think it just makes it a lot easier on kids. I know my daughter, when she comes out of our kids' ministry, is called Kids Zone, and we'll ask her, what you learn? And on the weeks where she has teachers that we know are like, they're the ones like <laughs> doing the dances with the kids and like, doing crazy stuff and, and all of that, that fun, those are the weeks that she can tell us what she learned. When it's teachers that we know just kind of more read off the paper, it's a lot harder for her to be able to communicate what it was. And it's not that she can't remember. If we have an idea of what was being taught, we can kind of jog her memory, but it's a lot harder for her to process through just information being shoved her way as a seven-year-old kid, you know? Um, and so with that... You know, we understand, and this is something we were talking about too, like not everybody's going to get up and dance with the kids or be crazy and loud and energetic. And like Hillary said, she's super competitive. I'm not super competitive. I just like to have fun, you know. So there's di everybody's different, and you don't need to change who you are. You need to build your team around you to be what your kids need. Does that make sense? So if you know... I need to have this game, and I just don't have the energy right now to be able to do what I need to do with it. Find somebody who can and have them help you. And sometimes that can be a wonderful segue to getting them involved in your ministry if they're not already involved. It's saying, hey, could you just come help me? I think you would be really good at this. They get a taste of it, and all of a sudden it's like, I would love to do this. I didn't know you guys had this much fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes it's, it's just that. Or maybe you are the fun, crazy person, but then maybe sometimes when you have to be serious, it's not always 
as serious as it needs to be. Find somebody who can do that part of it. Um, build your team around you. We're not supposed to do this alone. We're just not. It, it's not going to work if you are trying to do it alone. I mean, it will for a while, but you need a team. You need people, whether it's one person or seven people or 15 people, whatever you can do to make it work. Um, when I stepped into our kids' ministry role at our previous church, there were no adult helpers. There were no really helpers at all. And it was like, I'm not cut out to do this on my own. I'm way too, I'm a relationship person. My husband's very task-oriented. I'm the people-oriented. And what task did you ask me to do? Because I totally forgot already, you know? <laughs> so we're just very opposite. But in that, it helps us and we work together. And so when I walked into that role, having already been in the youth ministry for five years, I pulled our teenagers. I said, come on, you're going to be sponsors in our children's ministry, just like adults are sponsors in your ministry. And we're going to trickle this down because you need to know what ministry is about because that will connect them to helping once they're past that youth stage, right? How many of you have youth groups where half the teenagers leave after they graduate because they don't know how to go into the adult ministry part of it, you know? So that kind of helps integrate them into it. Use who you have. There are people in your churches who are there and would be wonderful in your ministry. You just have to seek them out and figure out who those people are. Um, so please don't do this alone. And um, just continue to love on these kids and be there for them and have fun with them. And just enjoy. Enjoy God. Enjoy God's word. Enjoy investing into these students lives so we're going to move into a question and answer time so i don't know if any of you had questions on your post-it notes Did anybody end up having one or just out loud <laughs> Churches are getting rid of snacks because of all the allergies, but 
Um, if your church does that during kids' ministry, we would use them for that. You know, I'd have them step out and go get it ready while I was finishing up something. Um, we also would separate our youngest group because we had everybody was kind of in there together from kindergarten through sixth grade. So we would have them take like kindergarten first and second into a different classroom for 20 minutes or so while I was giving the lesson to the older kids. They were giving a lesson to the younger kids. So you let the, the teenagers would do yeah. the little Yeah, and obviously classes. not every teenager, but the right. ones who were capable of doing so, you know, would. And if you, if you have enough, so I don't know what your situation is. Our situation, like I said, we had been youth pastors there for five years, so... I didn't really have to, like, twist their arms to help, if that makes sense. It was just a matter of they were on board already because they knew we were invested in them, so they wanted to be invested as well. Um, and so for us, I had a ton of them. And I know this is a question on this paper I just got is how to have them participate but not have them skipping service every week in the adult world either because they need to be in there. And that was a rule that our pastor had. I don't care if you use them, but they can't miss more than this many services this many times in a quarter or whatever. So definitely always, always, always check with your leadership of your church before you make those kinds of decisions because you want to make sure you're following the right path there. Um, and so we just had a rotation, so they would work like the first Sunday of every other month. So really, they're, they're only missing church like six times a year. It wasn't like it was a ton. If you don't have that many that you could rely on and, and have down there, then maybe they can work once a month if your pastor's okay with that or if, I don't, you know, if that would help at all. Um, just using them where they're still in service, but then they can come and help. Maybe it's even just for a part. Like I know a lot of curriculums you have for kids' ministries, like kids' church ministries, They'll have like a skit, like almost like what we did, but where it's just one or two people have them come down for that five minute skit and they're only missing five minutes of service. So it's not like they're missing a ton or have them come and help with worship, but then they go back up to service and they're getting, you know, the main part of service still. If there's any issues with feeling like they shouldn't skip church. Yes. Okay, so you have, you're saying like a teenager who doesn't really. They don't click with the youth pastor. Sure. They don't enjoy being around the other teenagers. They're kind of the outcast. Is it okay to let them help in ministry and not push them in with their own group? Um, I think that's, again, a question first and foremost for your leadership team. So your pastoral staff, whoever they may be. Um, because they might have some strong opinions on that, that if you said, oh, yeah, just skip, it's totally fine, you can come hang out with us. Now I'm saying not that you would, but they might be like, no, 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 we are not going to start opening that door because then so-and-so can do it and this person can do it. You know, it can open a large canyon of accepting things that maybe they don't want to. So I would say first check with them. Um, I think another thing that as leaders what we have to do is help whatever age kids you have, understand that, you know what, sometimes we don't fit in. Sometimes, sometimes it's just hard, but we're here for what reason? And it's to learn about Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, you're, you're going to have to go sit in there and it's just an hour each week that you're in there. And, um, 
but but learn about Jesus. That's what you're truly there for. You know what I'm saying? Like there were definitely times when I was growing up that I didn't really have any friends in the youth ministry and didn't really feel like I belonged there. But I had to go because my mom and dad said go. You know, it was just <laughs> what I had to do. And so, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of um, helping the student to see the true reason behind what they're doing and why they're there and connecting them with the right people. Like I know we had a girl who really was, I mean, like, I don't want to say deathly afraid of coming into youth, but it was like a fear. I mean, she was scared to death. She did not know us very well. Um, she was very quiet. And so I actually just kind of started a relationship with her. The kids pastor talked to me about her and her being scared. So then I reached out. And so I think that's another thing too is in so many churches, and it's sad, but the ministries are oasises. Does that make sense? Like, it's like youth ministries over here, they do their own thing. They're not really a part of anything else. We're cooler, we're better. Kids' ministry is over here. Well, we think you're crazy for thinking that, and so we're cooler and we're better. And they're not working together. And what happens is when you have kids coming from one into the other, of course they're going to be scared to death. There's no cohesiveness happening in the two ministries. Um, and so I think with that, if you can create better team, and hopefully everyone would be on board for that because that's what ministry is really all about. Um, but the hope would be as a leader with girls, you could go to the youth pastor or the youth pastor's wife or a leader in the youth ministry and say, hey, this girl's just really doesn't feel like she fits in. She doesn't feel like she connects at all. Can you just take her under your wing? And I would hope that yes, like, and that's like the situation I was saying. I went in, took her under my wing. She ended up being one of our strongest leaders in our youth ministry and then one of my strongest helpers in our kids ministry <coughs> because of that relationship. So I don't know what your situation is at your church, but. The playoff of that though. <clears throat> To hopefully avoid that situation in general. Um, we <coughs> also, my husband and I will on a Sunday take time off from church and go into kids zone and teach kids zone. So if we could have different leaders going into different parts, yes, Wednesdays are kind of out, out sure. but that's in, like that's being able to. I can connect with these kids in Kids Zone and Kids Zone Junior. So they know who I am. They know I care about them. They know where my heart is. So when they know that they're going to be coming into youth, they won't have that, like, there's still anxiety there, I know, because you don't necessarily know all the students. Um, but knowing that, oh, I know this leader. I know their heart. I know they're nice. Like, can actually really help. I don't need really to be help. scared of them. I don't need yeah. to be scared. So being able to use other leaders, youth pastors, other pastors in different ministries in your church and again, that cohesiveness like would completely hopefully eliminate that. Yeah. One more for you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I personally have a sixth grader who's functions more along a 15, 18 year old. Um, he's autistic. It, it's gotcha. Sure. Doesn't want to go to you. Um, very comfortable in the adult class. Sure. 
And I think that, I mean, again, there's always those situations where you just got to talk it out with the leadership and say, this is where we're at. And they're too loud. They're too rambunctious. Sure. And I would think in that situation, I mean, it's obviously, from what I understand, which I don't have a lot of knowledge of autistic children, but chaos is bad. Chaos is bad, but they're extremely smart and gifted. And so to hold them back isn't necessarily what you want to do either. So if they enjoy the adult class, shoot, let them go to the adult class. Like if they're learning about God, who cares where they are? But again, it's, I don't want to say that to say do what. Do what you want without talking to your leadership. Oh, no, but we skipped, him, we skipped him out of kids Sunday school a long time ago. Sure. So, I mean, if, if that's the situation, I don't know. For me personally, I feel like just the important thing is them learning God's word and, and being used in ministry. And so, like, you know, you mentioned this other, I think you were saying it was a girl who did. I mean, if that's where she... And if she's truly learning God's word and she's truly being used, I don't feel like it's necessarily a problem. When it becomes a problem is when they're not willing to accept the fact that they're growing up and they have to move on. That You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, no. Which, I preschool. Yeah, so it's not so much a matter of, because you always have those situations where kids, like we had a rule in our youth ministry that you could not be a youth sponsor until you had been out of youth for a year. Because there needs to be some separation there. They need to learn to be more of an adult and know how to tell a kid who's only a year younger than them. No, you know, you can't, you can't act that way. Um, but it was so hard. We had kids that were like, Oh, but I don't want to leave you. What am I going to do? And it was like, you, you're becoming an adult. It's time. Like you, you need to grow up now, you know? So, so I think it's just gauging the situation and who the kid is and really trying to get behind the reason as to why, um, and sometimes that can be a great help to that youth pastor who maybe isn't understanding that they're not doing a real good job of reaching out and accepting those new students because um, that, that can be a situation that arises in churches. So we're all here to help each other and not to be mean about it, but just to say, hey, this is something that that is a struggle and I feel like if we worked at it we could make it better and then we might not have this problem happen again. I see her introvert around when she gets around her age group. Sure. And as soon as she comes in, into the preschool class, I mean she's a live wire. Yeah. And keep in mind, um, leadership and being put in a leadership position will is a form of growth, is a form of, you know, spiritual maturity. Like it's okay. So as long as she's growing and that kind of thing again, your leadership. But yeah. Um, we have okay. another question. Oh, okay. Yes. I just wanted to say, just thinking about the autistic kids, my brother, he has Asperger's, and they, they would always try to, like, help him, because he, he bonded better with the whole you know, but they always try to put him in some kind of, like, ministry somehow, because he loves to talk to people, you know, find where his strengths are, you know, and he, they put him as a reader, you know, and they, he'd be like, hey, how's it going, you know? And, I mean, sure, maybe help to move him up, Any other questions? We do have some, but are okay. we, do, are we got our time? Yeah, oh, we, ha- we have like I seven hear minutes. I in the hallway and I'm like, oh my God. 
No, it's it goes till 3:30. So we're okay. So, what is the best way to start a girls' ministry when your church has never done one? We are an inner city church. Okay. Um, well, I'm the Akron area rep for girls' ministry. Um, so my heart is if you know your area and you don't know who your area rep is, talk to me. Um, if I think answering this question directly. The best way to start it when you don't have 100% of the resources, you don't know what the curriculum looks like, is just get together. Build those relationships. Start breaking down walls. The, the curriculum and stuff will come. Um, we're a resource for you if you're involved in girls' ministry. So take advantage of that. And again, if you don't know who your rep is, talk to me. Um, and then, you know, even just doing like a small group type thing where it is just girls. Um, a lot of walls can come down when it is just girls. They get goofy and they get silly and they become their real self and they blossom. Mm-hmm. Um, you should see the girls at Teen Girl Conference. It's insane. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I think it's very important to have a gender-specific ministry um, at your church. Um, and it's really not hard to start. And, again, you don't have to use the exact curriculum that's in a box. You need to do what works for you where you're at in your church. Yeah. Got anything to add? Hmm. No? Okay. Um, what are some ideas for a classroom which has kids with a strong biblical knowledge slash heritage and also kids with very little to none knowledge? Yeah, I think with that, um, as much as some kids might feel like, oh, I've heard this story like a thousand times, helping them understand that these other kids have not heard it and they, like I have said several times like the whole point is knowing the word of God right so hey we're helping these other kids truly know and understand the story and so um I know one time I was doing a lesson on Noah and (laughs) there was stuff that I didn't know like as I'm like really in-depth studying the story of Noah it was like how how have I never heard this before. I went to Bible college for four years. How do I not know this? So it's like, not only, I mean, some of the smartest kids who have been around it forever, yeah, they might know the basics, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have every answer. And if they do, great, and we are happy that you know God's word so much. But our goal here is to help these other kids know his word too. Um, And I know it can be difficult because they might feel like they're getting bored. Um, but I think if you can have a conversation with them and help them to see the importance of sharing those stories with kids who don't know that, I mean, that's our mission <laughs> in this world as Christians. And so they're getting to have a mission field in their own little class right there. I mean, how cool is that? So I, again, I think that's just part of that leadership of um, being able to express that with your, your students at whatever age they're at. So and on, on that same note, I found in with our, because we have like our, we have our regular kids and their parents have always been Christians and they've always been Christians and stuff, that those are the kids that I want to get involved and be like, hey, why don't you guys act out the little kids? Why don't you guys do the puppets during worship? Or why don't you do this or do that? Because they have heard all the stories. Let them do something else. Absolutely. Let them, you know, get in there and help. Right. And as somebody who didn't grow up in church, I grew up Catholic, um, so I say I didn't grow up in church. I was in church, but I didn't understand it. Um, 
because I literally couldn't understand what they were saying. Um, I sat in catechism for 10 years, okay, and I didn't get a lick of it. So when we're talking about spicing up your classroom, we're not reinventing the wheel. Again, it's stuff you've all heard, but it makes a world of impact. So for somebody who sits, stands, and kneels in Catholic Mass, which there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I found, you know, a relationship with Jesus Christ that I never had there, so that's why I'm here. But, um using that and never speaking over their heads, um, being able to give the background of who you're talking about in the Bible, what they're known for, um, maybe even pulling in other areas in the Bible, what, you know, that they're talked about, um, what different things mean in the Bible, like what they meant back then when they were talking, you know what I mean? So never speaking over their head. I truly appreciated that when I was a new Christian coming into church and being able to understand what he's saying. And I'm like, what? Like, that's, that's in there? <laughs> so, um, again, just making it relatable, making it understandable for where they're at in their relationship with Christ. So. Absolutely. Um, there is one more. What moving game can you play with just two kids? So, yeah, maybe you don't have the 25 kids or whatever or the 30 people that are sitting here to play your games. Um, but I find that competition games, one-on-one, um, again, competitive, sorry, uh, work great in the one against another. Um, doesn't necessarily um, lend to teamwork, but it is a way to get them engaged and um, have them active and whatever during your lesson. Um, I find all my games on Pinterest. Uh, I'm a Pinterest addict. I can't help it. Um, I'm not creative enough on my own to to make those up. So, um, does anybody else have any questions? Um, if you have any questions specific to us, I mean, we can hang out in the hallway or yeah. in here. I guess there's not another class. Nobody else. Here, so we can hang out here for a few minutes. If you do have questions, our emails are on the board if you just want to be able to communicate later. Um, so thank you so much for coming, and I hope that your day has been very helpful to your ministries and that you're looking forward to being able to using this information later. So thanks for coming and have a great afternoon.